to Muse Kids. I'm Rose and I'm Zara and together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. This week we're talking about Prince Andrew stepping back from royal duties, the leaders debate, old age and what age should be considered to be old. Tim Clark the president of Emirates Airlines, and his comments on climate change, internet access and screen time for children and the importance of children having breakfast. Hi, it's Rose here. There had been a lot of news stories over the past few weeks in the UK about Prince Andrew, also known as the Duke of York. Andrew is the middle son of Queen Elizabeth II and eighth in line to the throne. He has come under increased scrutiny from the general public and media because people believe he might have behaved badly and irresponsibly. It's quite complicated to explain, but basically he was friends with an American businessman called Jeffrey Epstein, who was not a good person and broke the law. Jeffrey Epstein died this summer while he was in prison awaiting trial for what he did. Prince Andrew was reportedly friends with Jeffrey Epstein for many years and according to media reports continued to stay friends even after Epstein's bad behaviour became public knowledge. Because of this people are wondering if Prince Andrew behaved responsibly and even whether he might also have been involved in breaking the law. In a television interview last week, Prince Andrew told journalist Emily Maitlis at the BBC that the opportunities I was given to learn about business meant that he did not regret the friendship with Epstein, although he did say he was wrong to meet him again in 2010 because he had known at this point that Epstein had broken the law. However, the interview was called a disaster by media commentators and after it was shown on TV, many of his business supporters and some of the charities that Prince Andrew is connected with said they would like to drop their associations with him. Then on 20th November, in a very surprising announcement, Prince Andrew announced that he would be giving up his royal duties and stepping out of the public eye for the foreseeable future. This means he won't carry out any more public engagements in an official capacity, although he will still attend events involving the whole royal family. It was described by Buckingham Palace as a personal decision that was taken following discussions with the Queen and Prince Charles. The story is not over yet, however, as the BBC reported that the American police, called the FBI, might want to speak to Prince Andrew about his association with Jeffrey Epstein. Hello, this is Zara with an update on UK election news. This week on the 19th of November, it was the first leaders' television debate. Before a general election, the various political parties campaign and try and convince members of the public to vote for their parties. In the leaders' debate, the leaders of the main parties have to explain what they are going to do if they are elected and it is a chance for the political leaders to question each other about their policies. This time in the leaders' debate, the leader of the Labour Party, Jeremy Corbyn faced the current Prime Minister and leader of of the Conservative Party, Boris Johnson. The Liberal Democrats and the Scottish National Party also wanted to take part in the debate and they even challenged the fact that they were excluded in court. However, they lost in court 
as it is the broadcasters, like the BBC and ITV, who decide how many parties take part in the leaders' debate. So, what did Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn each say during their first election debate? Well, unsurprisingly, they spoke a lot about Brexit. Boris Johnson wants to win the election and get a majority in Parliament so that he can take the UK out of the EU on the basis of the deal that he has already agreed with the EU leaders. However, Jeremy Corbyn wants to agree a new deal with the EU, and he wants to let the public decide whether they agree with the new deal. The two leaders also discuss the National Health Service, also known as the NHS. Jeremy Corbyn claimed that the Conservative Party is planning to let U.S. companies have access to the NHS after Brexit, but Mr. Johnson denied that the NHS would be part of any trade deal. Another issue that the two leaders discussed. Was Scotland the Scottish National Party has been campaigning for another referendum on the question of whether or not Scotland should become independent? Boris Johnson said that the Labour government were planning on allowing this in order to get the support of the SNP in the election, but Mr. Corbyn denied this. I thought the funniest. Part of the debate was the final question, which is what Christmas presents the leaders would get each other. Jeremy Corbyn said that he would give Boris Johnson a copy of A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, so that he could understand how nasty Scrooge is. Mr. Johnson wanted to give Jeremy Corbyn a copy of his Brexit deal, or if he wasn't allowed to give him something relating to politics, then he would give him some jam. Hi, it's Rose here. Last week, experts in the UK said it was time to reconsider how we view old age because more people are surviving into their late eighties and beyond. A research team at the Office for National Statistics says although sixty-five has traditionally been seen as the start of old age, seventy could be seen as the new sixty-five. This is because many people who reach the age of seventy might reasonably expect. To live another fifteen years for a long time, sixty-five has been taken at the starting point of old age, and for many people, it is an official retirement date when they can start working and start using their savings to live on, called a pension. Nowadays, however, people are living longer, healthier lives. Libby Webb, senior research manager at Age UK, said, "People at age seventy now have the same life expectancy and similar health to." People aged sixty-five in the past. So, on average, we are definitely seeing people doing better than they did in the past. But she also said, "Age is just a number, and for different people, it means different things." So, what do you think, Zara? At what point do grown-ups become old? Well, my grandfather is over sixty, and really, he doesn't say that he's old because most people just want to be young. They want to be free. Also, my grandfather and grandmother are sixty-nine years old. They don't feel old at all, and they don't look it. So maybe it is seventy and above. Hello, it's Zara here. This week, the president of Emirates Airline, Sir Tim Clark, attended the Dubai Airshow and told the BBC that it took him a while to come around to the evidence presented by climate change science, but he believed it now. 
He said that the industry was not doing itself any favors by chucking billions of tons of carbon into the air, and climate change has to be dealt with. He also said, although he did not approve of some of their methods, he liked Extinction Rebellion and Greta Thunberg for bringing focus on the issues. Emirates Airline is one of the world's most successful airlines and carries. One hundred and fifty thousand people a day, and burns through a hundred million barrels of oil each year. Sartain recognised that finding an alternative to fossil fuels was not going to happen any time soon. He thought that it is not practical for people to stop flying. However, steps were being taken to improve things. More efficient engines, improved use of airspace, and taking out plastic use from planes are all steps being taken to reduce the carbon footprint of airlines. Hi, it's Rose here again. This week, the Times reported that more than three quarters of British children under five have access to at least one device connected to the internet, up from less than a quarter of ten years ago. A research agency called Childwise released a survey showing that 76% of children of preschool age use technology, including tablets, smartphones, PCs, or laptops, up from 23% in 2009. Almost a third. Use a digital assistant such as Alexa or Siri. Under five, spend more than two and a half hours a day watching videos or television, up from just over two hours in 2009, according to the survey. While the television is mainly used by the age of three, children often prefer a tablet computer. As use of the internet and portable devices has increased, there has been much more focus on the possible harmful effects of screen time on children and the obligations technology companies should have to protect children from exposure to harmful content. Jenny Aaron, associate research director of Childwise, said, "Today, preschoolers are confidently navigating digital platforms with purpose and determination. By the age of three, almost all watch programs on demand and have access to a connected device, and more than half have their own tablet or computer. The battle to forge a healthy digital lifestyle is now a very real consideration for parents of children this age." The survey found. Most children who accessed the internet did so using a tablet computer, such as an iPad. Last year, parents were asked why tablets were so commonly used. Forty-seven percent said it was for educational purposes, while the same number said that it was to keep their children occupied while they were busy. However, the Times reported that watching programs and video clips was actually the most common activity on a tablet, with seventy percent of children doing this. Only a third used tablets for drawing and coloring, and seventeen percent for reading stories. What do you think, Zara? Are you allowed to use an iPad? And if so, what for? I use Keynote, Shobi, Book Creator, of course, for computing, Arabic, because iPads in school are quite a, an important thing. I know. They're like entertaining, but still work. You're seven, Rose. So, what do you actually use technology for? Well, I only have an iPad. Because it's on the weekends, only in the mornings. Because it's the weekend. But 
for I own I only other times in the week I only use iPads for computing lessons or if I need to improve my math skills. Overall, we don't have that much screen time. I have a lot screen time on my iPad. Well, that's just me then. Well, it's about the balance because. You still need to try and have less screen time, but of course, going with the iPad is still fun, even if it's educational things. Hello, this is Zara. Speaking of children's health, this week researchers from the University of Leeds have found that students who rarely eat breakfast on school days get lower grades than those who frequently eat breakfast. The researchers surveyed. 294 students from schools and colleges in West Yorkshire. 29% of these students rarely or never ate breakfast. Researchers found that after ruling out other factors that might affect results, those who rarely ate breakfast scored on average nearly two grades lower than those who frequently ate breakfast. Lead researcher. Katie Adolphus said that our study suggests that secondary school children are at a disadvantage if they are not getting a morning meal to fuel their brains for the start of a school day. Well, I will definitely be eating my breakfast tomorrow morning. What do you think about this story, Rose? Well, it's very surprising that children that don't eat breakfast get lower grades, and that. Just shows that everyone should be encouraged and help to have breakfast, like to keep their energy up. Why do you think that these results are like that? Well, I think they're like that because maybe certain types of people that they were looking at, maybe they feel that if they eat breakfast or meals before they have a test, their stomach feels fuller and that helps them concentrate. Do you eat breakfast, Sarah? I do. And did you know that here in Formark we have a breakfast club where people bring in their own breakfast and they just eat it at school. I did know that. That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed our show and thank you for listening.